disobedience to a mother will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley, will be eaten by the vultures. Kind of severe, isn't it? Happy Mother's Day. A great Mother's Day verse, or Father's Day verse for that matter. Parents, you may want to file that one away in your memory and use it next time your kids are a little bit disobedient or act up. Pecking eyeballs. That's kind of a fun Mother's Day image. But rather than focusing on the disincentives for not honoring our mothers, we need to look at how this command applies to all of us, why it's important, why it's such a significant thing in our lives. A key reason this is a vital thing to grasp and why this applies to everybody today, regardless of where you are in life, is the family is the crucible of life. You know what a crucible is? It's a hot melting pot, isn't it, with a very hot fire under it and you put chemicals or more often you put metals into the crucible and they're placed in the crucible to burn away the waste matter, the useless stuff, the impurities, the things that keep the metal from being all metal and nothing but metal so that only the pure metal remains. This is done especially with precious metals such as gold or silver. So the family is the crucible of life. It's the place that God uses to refine us, to purify us, to burn away the waste, the useless stuff in our lives. And most of us have a fair amount of useless stuff in our lives. Families are the crucible God uses to make us into usable tools for his kingdom. And also to teach us how to relate to people outside the family. That's one reason the message, again, applies in some way this morning to everybody, regardless of which station in life you're in, whether your mother is still alive or not, whether your mother was a good mother or a bad mother. What does that have to do with Mother's Day and honoring your mother? Well, mom's at the center. She's at the focal point, the nexus of this crucible that we call the family. And when Scripture commands us to honor our mothers, there's a purifying effect that extends far beyond the relationships that we have as individuals with our mothers. There's a shaping that can impact every other part of our lives to the negative or to the positive as we learn or we don't learn to positively honor our mothers. Learning to honor our mothers and our fathers has an impact in how we learn to honor other people and how we learn to honor God. In fact, if our faith in Christ is real, it will usually prove itself first at home in our relationships with those who know us best. In our culture, parental honor seems a little bit archaic, doesn't it? It's very old-fashioned. Yet Scripture is clear that marriage and family, including the parent-child relationship, is the most basic foundation for society. And this is true, clearly, because from the parent-child relationship, we learn, we, we learn how to relate to other people, don't we? Martin Luther once said that out of the authority of parents, all other authority is derived and developed. Both Jews and Christians throughout the centuries have recognized that the fifth commandment is about so much more than mothers and fathers. It's a principle. It's about our attitude toward authority in general. Honoring our mothers lays the foundation for our attitude toward all other authority figures in our lives. And we all have a bunch of different authority figures in our lives. If we learn well this lesson about honoring our parents, honoring our mothers, we can learn how to relate to bosses. We can learn how to relate to teachers, to our church leaders, to our coaches, any other authority figures 
If we don't learn to walk out the fifth commandment in our lives, then we'll have no foundation for the rest of the authority relationships in our lives. Without authority, think about this, without authority, relationships in our society would absolutely fall apart. It's not just about respecting the biggest and the baddest and the strongest, the best armed, the most formidable, the one who can enforce their own respect. The way we relate to people like umpires or referees or pastors or police officers or presidents or teachers and our bosses is a natural outgrowth of the way we learn to relate to our parents. There was a little boy who forgot his lines in a Sunday school presentation, and his mother was in the front row, and she was there to prompt him in case he forgot. Well, he forgot his lines, so she started gesturing and mouthing the words, uh, but it didn't help. Her son's memory had gone completely blank. So finally, she leaned forward, and she whispered the cue for her son. She said, I am the light of the world. And the boy's face lit up, and he spoke out in a loud and clear voice, my mother is the light of the world. That may be a little bit beyond the kind of honor we're supposed to give to our mothers. We noted a moment ago that honor is kind of an old-fashioned word, isn't it? And the valuing of motherhood seems to be very old-fashioned and out of style. One author says that his wife is a brilliant woman. She's a woman who has a Ph.D. She's capable of pursuing a very profitable career on her, home, on her own. But she decided to stay home with her children when they were young. Her decision didn't bother her at all, except when some people would make remarks, when uh, they would ask the question, they'd say, well, what do you do? And she would answer, well, I'm a homemaker. I stay home, and I take care of my kids and my husband. And they'd usually respond with, oh. And then they'd kind of ignore her and wander off. So she came up with another response to give when she was asked what she did. Now, some of you moms out there, especially those of you who are staying at home with your kids, you might memorize this one in case you want to use it. What she said is, I'm socializing two homo sapiens in Judeo-Christian values so they'll appropriate the eschatological values of utopia. What do you do? And they'd often blurt out, well, I'm a doctor or I'm a lawyer, and then they'd wander off days look in their eyes. So that's a good answer. It's important to recognize that the biblical understanding of honor is close to but in at least one significant way different from how we might understand it in common usage today. When we hear honor today, most often we think of some kind of award or recognition for a thing accomplished. We might think of the Academy Awards, for example. We might think of sports leagues, most valuable player awards. We might think of business or social or academic achievement. We could, for example, honor our graduates as we will in next Sunday's service for their academic achievements and finishing high school, finishing college. But while these kinds of honors are important too, they're appropriate, they're legitimate, they're not the kind of honor that's referred to most often in Scripture in one very significant way. You see, the honors we just spoke of were for something that required hard work, something that resulted in accomplishment or achievement, or even more, for the accomplishment or achievement of something excellent or excellence and they're rightly honored they were earned in some way but we're to honor our mothers because it's a reflection of the gospel we're to honor each other we're to honor those in certain roles in our lives not primarily because of what they've accomplished 
because of what they'd excelled at or they have achieved. We're to honor them because of the position that they hold. This is very countercultural, folks. We're to honor our mothers just because they're our mothers, because of what they are, because of who they are. This is where it can get difficult, because I realize that while many, maybe most of us, can find all kinds of wonderful things to say about our mothers, about their character, about their achievements, as it relates directly to, uh, to us. In other words, my mom did this for me. She did thus for me. In fact, as some of us didn't have or don't have very good mothers, but when the Word of God says to honor our mothers, the command has little to do with anything other than position. Whenever a child trusts in God and obeys his word, he or she honors his or her parents. Even an unbelieving parent is honored by a believing and obedient child. But what if a person has parents who are hardly worthy of honor, at least in the way that we usually think of honor? We could probably all think of parents we know who have done their absolute best to ruin their children's lives. I mean, we can all think of people we know. We can think of kids who've been physically abused or emotionally abused or sexually abused or maybe abandoned and they have to deal with the effects of this for their entire life. How can such children honor their parents? When we honor our parents, we acknowledge that they have been ordained of God to be our parents and to receive our honor. Honoring parents who are not worthy of honor can only be done as we recognize that God has appointed them to be parents. Thus, they are honored for their God-given position as parents, not necessarily for their performance as a parent. This reflects the gospel. Think about this, because just as our position in Christ has nothing to do with our performance, does it? And it has everything to do with God's gift of salvation to us, so is honor. Biblical honor is, first of all, largely positional. That is, it has to do with the role that God has given a person to fill. The word for honor in the original Hebrew of the Old Testament passages, which Paul quotes in Ephesians 6, has the literal meaning of this, to be heavy. And there, perhaps, you get the reference to the sermon title, in case some of you were wondering. Holly's 1969 song, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. Good stories, actually, behind that song. You might look it up sometime. So in a good sense, when you honor someone, you pile weight on them. In the common everyday use of our language, you lay it on them. Your revering of them, your honoring of them, lays on them expressions, attitudes, actions that show you give great weight. You give great seriousness to the position that they hold. The New Testament understanding of honor is similar, but a little bit different. It means to fix a value upon. So when we honor someone in a biblical way, we give great weight to their position. We attach a high value, not just to what they've done in a positive sense, but to their role, to their position. The word picture is weighing someone down with esteem and respect. And the opposite of honor, when we think of it this way, is to take someone lightly. By withholding honor, withholding respect. So honor is positional. When people are honored in the Bible, they are honored largely because of the position they've been appointed to by God. 
those we are commanded to honor in the Word of God are most often those who hold a certain God-given position. God's honored because He is the sovereign God of the universe. That's all He needs. He doesn't need to do anything for us to earn our honor. Kings and rulers and elders and masters and presidents are all to be given honor. Parents, too, are to be honored for their position, for their role in the family. So honor has to be a position that a mother has above and beyond others and just because of who she is in our lives. The one who served God's purpose in giving us life. To honor as understood in God's word means to weigh you down with respect and prestige. It says, I place upon you great value. I place upon you great worth. In all the passages of Scripture where it commands us to honor mothers, to honor parents, Old Testament or New Testament, it never says to only honor parents who are perfect parents. It doesn't even say to only honor parents who are good parents. Well, they're okay. Good Christians, spiritually mature, or to only honor parents who don't make mistakes, or to only honor parents who don't let you down. God clearly instructs us to honor regardless of performance, regardless of behavior. Now one reason for this may be that it requires faith for us to believe that somehow God can use imperfect people like our parents to help shape us into the people he wants us to be. And this too is a reflection of the gospel. Now a disclaimer is in order here too. Honor does not mean to excuse them of their sin or to minimize the pain that they may have caused you. You can recognize reality and still honor in some ways. Also, honor or obedience for that matter does not require us to honor or obey in things that are clearly against Scripture. We are always, always to honor God first. But it does challenge us to the truth of the gospel that our faith rests on. The truth of the gospel is that even though we didn't deserve to be saved, even when we deserved damnation, we were paid highest honor of God becoming like one of us in the person of Jesus Christ who suffered and died on the cross without honor and he did all that to purchase forgiveness for us and save us from our sin because of his love for us and he didn't do this because we were worthy of that honor not because of any achievement certainly not because any of us had earned this here's another important point for us to consider and it applies to all of the children here, not just the youth still living at home with their parents. How you honor your mother can be a very good indication of how much you have grown or are growing in your faith, how closely you walk with God. When we follow God's command to honor our mothers and to appropriately honor others, those very acts, those very attitudes of honor do in fact honor God. The reverse is true. When we dishonor, when we fail to honor and respect our mothers, or when we fail to respect others, we do, in fact, dishonor God. So though we laugh a minute ago about the verse from Proverbs, we read earlier about the ravens pecking out your eyes and the vultures eating them, kind of a tough Mother's Day verse, it does, I think, show how seriously God really takes this idea of honoring our mothers honoring others, and honoring Him. Obedience to parents isn't just because the parents are bigger than the kids. 
Of course, that changes someday too, doesn't it? But because obedience to parents is part of a child's devotion to Christ. Even so, honoring our parents is to respect the role that God has given them in our lives. And that doesn't stop when we've left home, though it does change. And we're going to look at that in a minute. One preacher commenting on this idea said this, Every time we see our belly button in the mirror, it should remind us of the fact that we didn't just show up one day. Someone gave us the gift of life. Someone had to change our diapers, feed us, carry us around, and make sure we got naps. Now, my wife's job is to make sure I get a nap now. Now, our parents' role in our lives is a changing role. So how we honor our parents depends on what stage of life we're in. So when we're younger, we honor our parents by obeying their rules. That's kind of simple. Someone once said a parent's responsibility is not to his child's happiness, it's to his character, and discipline builds character. I would add that when parents build character in their children, we're helping equip them for a successful life, spiritually, socially, economically, educationally. So obedience when we're young is for our benefit. When we obey our parents, it's for our benefit. It's a significant way that we can honor our mothers. Now, as adults, that changes sometime after you move out of the house. Then we honor our parents by appreciating what they have contributed to our lives and by being open to and even seeking out their words of influence, which you know what? We need whether we recognize it or not. Hopefully at some point we recognize what Mark Twain once said. He says that when he was a teenager, he was amazed at how unintelligent his father was. But by the time he turned 21, he was amazed at how much his father had learned in such a short time. One preacher said this, when we're adults, we honor our parents by carefully weighing their advice, by listening, attenti by listening attentively to their ideas, even if we end up deciding otherwise. Some of the key areas here are picking a college, choosing a career direction, choosing a spouse. Now, as older adults, we honor our parents for caring for their needs. There are many of us here in this position today. That may include everything from caring for their physical needs because they're growing more frail to caring for their financial needs. I have to tell you, I have great admiration and appreciation for my younger sister who has taken my mother into her home. I have great appreciation and admiration for the McIndarfers who have taken Tom's mom into their home. I have great admiration and appreciation for the Stobbs who took Steve's grandmother into their home for a few years. All these were truly obeying this biblical admonition to honor your mother. So honoring parents takes different forms for different people and in different circumstances. Since the fifth commandment is very general, we see that the application of this command may not be the same for everybody depending on where we are in life and depending on different circumstances. So just because Barb and I are now in the process of taking her parents into our home doesn't mean that's what's right and what's best for you to do. There's no template here, folks. There's no absolute, everybody must do the same thing. But I do believe there are some general guidelines that we can glean from the Word. For example, the young child will honor his parents by obeying his parents. As he obeys them, he honors his parents, even as it notes in the passage from Ephesians that we just read. The older child will honor his parents as he or she 
is obedient to God, and the older adult child whose parents are dependent on him will honor his parents by providing for them, by caring for their needs. So what this looks like may vary from person to person. But the word is very clear about this, and kind of in a negative way too. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, we read this, If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I don't know about you folks, that's a pretty sobering passage of Scripture to me. I found this story that relates to this idea. Some of you may be fans of Grimm's fairy tales. You may have read some of Grimm's fairy tales. And this particular story is indeed Grimm. Once there was a little old man and his eyes blinked and his hands trembled. When he ate, he clattered the silverware in sort of an annoying way. He missed his mouth with the spoon as often as not. He dribbled a bit of his food on the tablecloth. Now he lived with his married son, having nowhere else to live. And his son's wife didn't like the arrangement. I can't have this, she said. It interferes with my right to happiness. So she and her husband took the old man gently but firmly by the arm and led him to the corner of the kitchen. There they set him on a stool and gave him his food in an earthenware bowl. From then on he always ate in the corner, blinking at the table with wistful eyes. One day his hands trembled rather more than usual and the earthenware bowl fell and broke. If you are a pig, said the daughter-in-law, you must eat out of a trough. So they made him a little wooden trough, and he got his meals in that. These people had a four-year-old son. And one evening, the young man noticed his little four-year-old boy playing intently with some bits of wood, and he asked what he was doing. And the little boy, looking up and smiling for approval, said, I'm making a trough to feed you and Mama out of when I get big. The man and his wife looked at each other for a while, and they didn't say anything. And then they cried a little. And then they went to the corner and they took the old man by the arm and led him back to the table. They sat him in a comfortable chair and gave him his food on a plate. And from then on, nobody ever scolded when he clattered or spilled or broke things. While we're to honor our parents because God commanded it, and that should be enough all by itself, this story shows a very practical reason for this command, doesn't it? The moral of the story, of course, is that you'd better honor your father and your mother because one day you may need your children to do the same for you. I tease Laura, who's studying to be a nurse, that someday I expect her to change my adult diaper. And she goes, oh, Dad. That's what she's been saying since I corrected her on cappuccino chunky chocolate. This brings up another point. If you're a parent, how do you get your kids to live by the fifth commandment? You think about that? Some of you parents may have noted that just quoting this doesn't always result in instant compliance. It's clear from this story that at least one way our kids learn about honoring us is by seeing how we respond to the authority figures in our lives. How do we biblically and faithfully honor others? How do we treat our own parents? Our kids see this, don't they? How do we treat our elders? And I'm not necessarily talking about church elders here, although that might apply in some cases too. How about other authorities? How about policemen or sports officials or bosses or teachers? Now, if we respond negatively or harshly or complainingly or dismissively, we're not modeling honor. And we probably won't see our children honoring us or other authorities in their lives. 
So giving honor is very practical, isn't it? It's a very practical thing. Ultimately, much honor, not all, but much, is not earned. It's positional. It requires more than just saying something. And honoring our mothers is a very significant step toward honoring all people. Christian author Dennis Rainey gives us this list of ways we can honor our mothers or indeed honor both of our parents. First thing we can do is we can choose to place great value on your relationship with them. Secondly, we can take the initiative to improve our relationships. Third, we can obey them until we've established ourselves as adults. Fourth, we can recognize what they've done right in our lives. Number five, we can recognize the sacrifices that they have made for us. Number six, we can praise them for the legacy that they are passing on to us. Number seven, we can see them through the eyes of Christ with understanding and compassion. And again, this is a reflection of the gospel. And again, a reflection of the gospel. Number eight, we can forgive them as Christ has forgiven us. Amen? Let me close with reading Romans chapter 12, verse 10. And this takes this clear command to honor our mothers, and it applies most of what we learn today to each and every one of us. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Amen? Heavenly Father, we are truly grateful for our mothers. We're grateful that you've chosen our mothers to give us life. We're grateful, Father, that they are part of the process that you use to mold us and shape us more into the image and likeness of Christ. And we recognize that's true even for our mothers who weren't very good mothers and had some failures, Father. And we recognize that's true for those of us who have mothers who did so many wonderful things right. So, Father, today we thank you for providing the role of mother in our lives. We thank you for uh, this biblical admonition to honor our mothers, Lord. And we pray that you'd help all of us to work out in a very real and very practical way what this means to us in this stage of our life. If we're uh, young and we're still living in the home with our parents, Father, help us to learn to be obedient. Help us, Father, to honor our parents by obeying them. If we're young adults, Father, help us to honor our parents by listening to them, by seeking their counsel, by appreciating what they've done. And, Father, if we are older adults and we have older parents, Father, we pray that you'd help us to navigate the realities of these later stages in life and what we are to do as their children to honor them and care for them and to love them and to be obedient to your admonition in Scripture, Father, to honor our mother and our father. We thank you for this, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.